Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Before we started dating, I would never cook at the house. Now we cook at the house all the time. But before that, my fridge was just eggs, butter, and it's like leftover Taco Bell or Chinese food. No! I'm Dalia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, meet a Tampa couple who were brought together by, what else? Food. Today, we're continuing our Couples in the Kitchen series with the ultimate foodie duo. Melissa Santel is a well-known Tampa food photographer, culinary marketing consultant, and host of the podcast Sunday Sauce. Her partner, Bryce Bonsag, is chef-owner of the Michelin-starred Roca Italian Restaurant in Tampa Heights. I sat down with Melissa and Bryce in their living room to learn about the elaborate meal they cooked together on one of their first dates, what they ate as kids, and advice for couples hosting a dinner party. How did we meet? Actually, the first, the very first time we met, I was hired from Creative Loafing to come cover the article that was covering Roka's opening, so four years ago. And I was there shooting all of the new menu items and got one of the first tastes probably of Roka. Yeah, the food critic did their review and then before they do the review, they typically send the photographer, which mm-hmm. whom they hired Melissa. So that's when we first met. She did a really good job of keeping in touch with me through the dark years of COVID. She did a photo shoot of me holding a bunch of ducks. I like, I'm pretty sure I looked like an idiot, but she did her she did her best to not make that, that be the case. Yeah, that was for the Photographic Museum of Arts yeah. in downtown Tampa. Oh, yeah. They had this whole chef and culinary exhibit, and they had reached out to me, and they were like, hey, do you have anyone you want to submit? And I was like, you know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we... That was the first time I saw the behind the scenes aging process of the ducks. Bryce brought a couple of couple of them out, was holding them just like in the kitchen. It was very cool. So then what happened? This sounds like a Hallmark movie. Then she had asked me a little while later to go on her podcast mm. on Sunday Sauce. We hung out for a couple hours afterward, had a couple glasses of wine, and then down the road, I realized I re- drastically needed help with our, our entire branding and our social media, and I reached out to her. And one thing led to another after that, I think. So eventually I decided that we started hanging out, cooking dinner together, and one thing led to another, so. Oh my gosh, do you remember the first meal you cooked together? Well, one of the first meals that we had together outside of work, I guess, was my cousin Bianca and I invited Bryce over for dinner to her house. And at the time, like I lived in a tiny one bedroom apartment, Bianca has a house. She was like, let's just cook for Bryce here. And Bianca and I cook all the time together. And so we were like petrified to cook for him. You know, it's like you're cooking for an incredible chef and you know, you just don't know what could happen, right? So we made chicken parm, like our chicken cutlet game is really strong. So we were like, we're gonna pull this out all the stops out for Bryce. And then 
he ended up bringing some like really incredible wines and then some we made mozzarella as well at the house you he brought made all the gear mozzarella. okay that's a long date you made mozzarella so that's not a coffee date that's i'm hanging out with you for a while yeah i mean mozzarella yeah. was required to make the chicken parm and mm -hmm. we happened to make a lot of mozzarella at roca so i said why don't we just bring some over and take it from there so not to sound too bougie but it, you know, it made sense to just, rather than just buying the Belgioso from Publix, nothing wrong with that too, but. I mean, yeah, it was like in true us fashion, like can't buy it store-bought, have to make a fresh mozzarella for this at-home dinner. But yeah, it ended up being really fun. And then the second time we hung out, of course, Bryce was like, so it's your guys' turn to come to my house and I'll make dinner for you guys, which was of course, like the treat of the century, you know. Do you remember what you made, Bryce? I don't remember. It was some sort of weird take on Thai food or something. I uh -huh. can't remember. Some grilled pork and sticky rice and some green papaya salad. And some I think there was a tom ka soup, soup with crab. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the creme brulee. Yeah, we were drunk, too drunk to remember the creme brulee. <laughs> you guys have such a good memory because like I remember the restaurant where my husband and I had our first date, but I don't remember what I ate. I don't remember the first thing I cooked for him. So I guess, well, you guys are foodies and we alluded to your podcast. We have to talk about your podcast. Tell us about Sunday Sauce. Ooh, okay, so Sunday Sauce. I really started Sunday Sauce as a passion project. I was starving for something fun to do outside of work that I could really connect with people and share their stories and, you know, just build my culinary network. And so it all started just, just of that, just for something for fun. And then it pretty quickly snowballed into something that I took so seriously and now it's very professional, right? So <laughs> in true Melissa fashion, but yeah, it's been a really great platform to help elevate and share other people's stories. And I've really enjoyed meeting all the people that I've had the ability to connect with through it. I love it. It's so great. How long have you two been a couple? Can I ask? Right, six months now. Yeah, More six months. Time flies by. Aw, I know. Good answer. Good, good boyfriend. <laughs> I want to go back. What did the two of you each eat growing up? My mom and dad cooked a lot at the house. You know, we went to restaurants occasionally. We traveled a lot, so we were they were always inspired by by some of our trips and stuff like that, and try to replicate some of the food that we had. But we lived up in Odessa, which is where her parents lived too. So there was, you know, we would try to cook a, a lot at the house. My parents weren't like fantastic cooks, but neither of them were really coming from a food background at all. So they were like basically self-taught in everything they did. And yeah, we ate well, much better than most of my friends growing up. And there wasn't a particular cuisine or anything like that. My mom would, she's Colombian. So, you know, lots of black beans and rice and pork chops and that kind of thing would, would always be growing up. But yeah. That's what I can remember the most. <laughs> nice. And this is so different from mine because mine was a lot of like hamburger helper and <laughs> rice. Oh, well, we had that too. Don't get me wrong. And I love <laughs> that, that was stuff. The, the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and what about you, Melissa? I mean, I too was a 90s kid. So my parents had all of that in the rotation. But I would say my mom, you could expect to have at least like some chicken franchise. Pasta visual was always in the rotation. 
chicken cutlets, chicken parm, big ziti, Sunday sauce. I grew up in New York, so, you know, during the winter seasons, we always were eating homemade soups and stews and all the good stuff. What is Sunday sauce, and do the two of you make it together? <laughs> Funny you should ask. We recently made a Sunday sauce, and it was like Sunday sauce on steroids because it was like Sunday sauce a la Bryce. But Sunday sauce is so interesting because it has so many different variations depending on who's making it and where your family comes from. And some people have different names for it. Like some people call it gravy, which I hate. Um, <laughs> Bryce is giving it the thumbs down. Okay, so Bryce, what did you put in the sauce to Bryceify it? I mean, I kind of followed her. I'm not Italian-American. This comes to a shock to many people when I tell them that I'm at 0% Italian. And we don't cook a lot of Italian-American food at Roca. But that being said, like, if you don't love a red sauce joint or chicken parm or th that kind of thing, then I don't know what to do for you. But I think we browned some sausage from Cacciatore and Sons, which is a great local Italian grocery butcher shop around the corner. It took some pork ribs as well, roasted those off, and then took some, I think, I think we had some short ribs in there too, some beef short ribs. We did. Mm -hmm. And then a little garlic, some tomato paste, cooked it down. Then a little bit of tomato passata, which is just pureed canned tomatoes, preferably the good kind. What's little, the good kind? I think we have Bianca de Napoli is a brand that you can find. I think Whole Foods has it, but that's from California. And then I think we have Cento mm -hmm. as well and Alessi in the, in the house. There's a, there's a rotation going on. Yeah, don't skimp on your canned tomatoes. Don't buy Hunts if, you're really, you, can, if you can avoid it. Don't do it. Just spend an extra dollar fifty or so and get better brands. It's it's worth it. Can't there's can yeah. tomatoes are delicious, let's be real. Listen, and you need to get the whole peeled tomatoes yes. and then blend them yourself. You know, bonus points. Don't buy the tomato puree. Them. Yeah, don't buy the puree. Don't buy the sauce that's already sauced, so to or speak. Or chopped or whatever. Or chopped or whatever. You, all Just you buy a stick blender whole. if you yes. need to. An immersion blender is the or, key. Yeah, you can even make whipped cream with it, which I feel like is a secret <sighs> weapon. It's just like you can use it for so many things. Soups, all, I mean, dressing. Yeah. Okay, I'll just buy one. For I think myself. I use it probably more than most pieces of equipment in our, in our kitchen. Yeah. My favorite ones are the industrial sized ones. You know, in my parents' restaurant, they yeah, the one make that we... so, many, so much sauce every day, and they're just like the size of me. <laughs> you know, okay, so I'm tomatoes. just going to go ahead and get myself one of those. Mm. Now, are you doing this type of cooking every night? No. no. <laughs> like, what did you eat for dinner last night? Today is Thursday. I was so working. So a, a Wednesday night, what do you eat? The other night we cooked clam chowder. We've been making a lot of soup around the house lately. We yeah. did clam chowder. We got some clams. We steamed those off a little bit of stock and garlic. Mm -hmm. And then chowder is basically you just, you know, cook down some bacon, some leek, onion, garlic, parsnip, shallot celery mm -hmm. and potatoes, a little bit of chicken stock and the clam stock that you get and a little bit of cream and flour and that's it. You make it yeah. sound so easy. <laughs> yeah, he, that's his That's his like specialty, making things sound so easy. We also added scallops in it, which was really good. But last night, well, he wasn't here and I had Ben and Jerry's half-baked <laughs> ice cream for dinner. Thank so, you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just... This is the life we live. Sometimes we cook an awesome dinners. Other times I have a girl dinner, specifically when I'm alone. We we cook. We do a pretty good job cooking at the house. We also like to go out to eat. So uh, we've been out to I think Bar Tory now about twelve times in the last like four weeks. So. Yeah, it's a sickness. Ooh, I, what do you get there? 
the scallop carpaccio is really good. Mm-hmm. Their toro sashimi is really good. Yeah, they have these shiso tempura Rangoon. that are rangoons that are delicious. Little uh, the black cod miso skewers are mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. We um, haven't had dessert there yet. Well, oh. you need to go back a fifth time. Desserts, another <laughs> martini, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. understand eating Ben and Jerry's when you're home alone. I totally get that. My husband travels a lot and sometimes I'm like, it's grilled cheese night. It's cereal night. It's popcorn and an apple with peanut butter. But why is it important for you as a couple to take the extra time when you do to make a nice meal, even if it's just for the two of you? Before we started dating, I would never cook at the house. I cannot muster the strength to cook myself anything interesting at all because I'm don't look at it from, I don't get any thrill out of it. I Wait, you don't get any thrill out of it? Not for cooking for myself. I look at everything from a critical standpoint. So the whole reason why I like to cook is to cook for other people. So now we cook at the house all the time. But before that, my fridge was just eggs, butter, and it's like leftover Taco Bell or Chinese food. No! Yeah. <laughs> That hurts my soul. I, what about you, Melissa? I can confirm that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm that. I used to cook for myself all the time. I actually used to cook for myself more than I cook now because Bryce is like, you know, he rolls in and we do all the things together. But I think that I just have to be in the mood to cook something or like be really craving something. This season of life has been super, super busy. So by the end of the workday, I'm like, okay, what's quick and easy? I think when we are able to set the time aside, it's just a fun bonding activity for us and something that we both love. And it's like creating a cute little romanticized moment. Isn't that what life's all about? So how do you manage who does what? Because you're a chef, so you're the boss at work. And then when you're cooking here, do you take one night and she takes one night? Do you give her tasks? How does that, what does that look like? I need to be better about just letting her take the reins more because she's a really fantastic cook. But sometimes I just like, just attack. And I'm Uh just blowing through all the knife cuts and getting things in the pan and all that other stuff. But Mm. we also realized that when we were earlier on, when we were cooking, we were, you know, distracting each other while we were cooking and stuff like that and drinking wine and all that stuff. But by the time we got to the grocery store, came home, cooked and sat down, it'd be like 10.30 at night. (laughs) And we're like, all right, we got to, we get the show on the road a little bit. Let me, let me, you know, you peel the garlic. I'll do this. You do this. I'll do that. And, and yeah. one of us will play bartender or or sommelier. So. Oh my gosh, you're having these fabulous dinners. Yeah, yeah, we are. We actually have a, um, an iPhone shared note where we have all the dinners that we want to make, and I think we've blown through most of them. To yeah. be honest. I was actually going to ask you what's on your bucket list that you would like to cook. We're talking about beef Wellington a lot yes. lately for the holidays because that feels like more like a, something you do for not just two people, but for 
four or six or eight. And my family normally does fondue for Christmas Eve. It's sort of our tradition. So we're going to get the little pots of oil and get the cheese and all that stuff. And that's actually the easiest meal ever because you just, you go and buy some steak and some shrimp and maybe some pork or whatever, chicken, and you just cube everything up, make a few sauces, and that's it. That's the only prep you need to do. And you just cook it at the table, and it's really festive and fun, and I think I'm excited for her family to see that. Ooh, that would be fun for, like, a Valentine's Day or... We, do, we sometimes will do it for Valentine's Day, too, like raclette and that, that kind of stuff in the fondue mm. pot. Okay, we're sitting in your home. It's beautiful in Tampa. What, what neighborhood is this considered? You're near Armature Works, for people who know where that is. Yeah, Tampa Heights. Tampa Heights. Okay, you've got this beautiful home. It's it's an older neighborhood, but a newer home. And your kitchen is amazing. <laughs> Can you just tell me about your kitchen? Did you design it? No, I bought this house. It was pretty much there. But I've told her a million times I'm, I'm like function over anything. If I could have built this house myself, I would have. there would have been no marble or anything like that. It would just be, a, it would just be all stainless steel. And I'm sure she would have loathed that. It yeah. would be a commercial kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a commercial kitchen with Taco Bell leftovers in the fridge. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have you had many dinner parties here? Yeah, we actually had one recently. It was really fun. We rented a bunch of things from, well, Salt Blog Hospitality let us borrow a lot of things. Shout out to them. They're great. So we set up like a huge community table and tablescape. And it was around Thanksgiving. Giving to a little like right bit before, before. I think it was right before Halloween, actually. Mm. October then. It felt and, very fall festive. Yeah, we had like 14 people here, and we just, we did it. We did all the <laughs> it things. It was a little stressful. We're like, after the, we're like next time, let's um, let's just put out some hors d'oeuvres, and one of us will be bartender and call it a day. Yeah, that's good. What other tips do you have? Because it is stressful. Like, we had my son's soccer team over last weekend, which is just a bunch of seven-year-old boys and their parents and siblings. And my husband and I were racing around trying to get everything clean and make sure we had ice and all of that. And then after, you sort of do a debrief and figure out what worked and what didn't. So what lessons can you pass on to the rest of us about hosting a large gathering? Oh, well, I would say anything that you can do a day ahead, you need to cut down on prep time the day of. And maybe that means like having hors d'oeuvres or appetizers that are chilled or room temp. So you're not fighting for oven space when you're thinking about, okay, like for us, we, we didn't course things out, but the way that everything kind of landed because everyone also brought something, we were just like alternating things in and out of the oven and even like batching a cocktail the day before so that you're not actively shaking cocktail by cocktail for every guest. And having the table even set the day before, if you can, it just like really saves a lot of time the day of. And also having like, a, we did a little self-service bar, which was super helpful. So we had this like big ice chest and a bunch of different spirits that people could, you know, mix their own drink if they wanted. And of course, wine. And that also alleviates your hosting duties. Like, so you're not running around like, oh, you have an empty glass. You know what I mean? There's 14 people here. You'll just be pouring drinks for people all night and not talking. So yeah, anything that you can do that's kind of self-service is also a win. That's a good one because you're making it seem like you're doing it for their convenience. I want you to have the exact drink that you want as opposed to, I don't want to stand here all night mixing drinks for you. Yeah, well, the key with that is like have one signature pre-batched cocktail so that it is really thoughtful and cute and maybe like a little garnish station. And then the rest is like, okay, this is your playground. You know, make your own drink, whatever you typically would have, et cetera. 
That's good. So speaking of dinner parties, if you two could have another couple over for dinner, fictional or real, alive or no longer with us, who would you invite? Now you're putting us in the spot because there's going to be people like, what, what about me? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know who I would have over. Um, I would bring my grandmother, my grandma Connie back and my grandpa back and Aww. I would cook for them. Yeah, I would love for them to meet Bryce. Unfortunately, they never will. Tell me about your grandma, Connie. Oh, man. She was like the matriarch of the family growing up in upstate New York. You know, she was like the one who we all went to her house for all the major holidays. And she was like always cooking insane things like all Italian food. She's like notorious for cooking a standing rib roast and it being so medium rare, it's probably like, it's like still, still bleeding. Walking around. It's still bleeding out. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of my food memories with her and my extended family growing up all together. We were super close in proximity. So it was something that I got to have that, you know, I don't get to have anymore. So would like to recreate that moment and then have Bryce be part of it. Oh, I love that. That'd be great. And then Bryce, who would you want to have? Well, someone that I have no clue how they behave, but um, someone that would be pretty interesting that you could probably talk about for the rest of your life if you could rewind the clock or whatever like that. I think having Salvador Dali and his wife Gala would be a cool one because he was super into food and his dinner parties and all that stuff. I went to his house in Spain back in when, you know, it acts as a museum now, but I think he was pretty legendary for his dinner party antics and things like that. And I think that would be an interesting uh, couple to have. Oh, that's a good one. And you're pointing, you've got the book here, Dali, the Wines of Gala. Yeah, that's, I think, Gala's favorite wines. A lot of his art was inspired by his uh, wife. But, and then the other one is the food, like all, all these different tablescapes that he basically made with just like lobsters everywhere and all these like crazy Nouveau cuisine, all these insane displays from like the 60s and stuff like that with the aspect and stuff like that. That I think that would just be fun. Yeah, you could definitely talk about that for the rest of your lives. And you've got the coffee table books here and of course the Tampa Bay tie-in with the Dali Museum mm -hmm. in St. Pete. For sure. It was so much fun talking to both of you. Is there anything else you would like to add? I'm planning season three of Sunday Sauce. So if you are a chef, a restaurant owner, a mixologist, if you're working in the hospitality space, in any capacity and you have a fun story to tell, I want to hear it. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Thank you so much for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. That was Bryce Bonsack, chef owner of Roca Italian Restaurant in Tampa Heights, and Melissa Santel, who wears many hats, including host of the podcast Sunday Sauce. Be sure to give it a follow. And while you've got your podcast app open, go ahead and leave a review for The Zest. It helps other Florida foodies to find us. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas and Alexandria Ebron. The Zest is a production of WUSF, copyright 2024, part of the NPR Network.